Good evening and welcome to NUFC Matter. Tonight's special guest is Archie Goulet. How are you, Archie? I'm fine, Steve. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. So you're surviving? Just, just about, aye. <laughs> good, good stuff, mate. Yeah, it's been a been a strange period, uh, not just for uh, football, but for but for everything else in general. So, uh, as I said before, we came on air. Um, it's a live broadcast tonight, so we'll get inundated, I'm sure, with a lot of questions from different fans. Uh, lots of people want to know what the takeover, uh, you know, status is at the minute. Uh, it's still a DEFCON red, I think, at the minute um, on Twitter. Everyone's going mad about it. Um, but yeah, look, we'll, we'll just we'll take what what questions we we'll get. But let's start off just with with you know your career. I mean, where where did you start off your football? Career, Archie. My football career started in my hometown, Greenock. Yeah, Greenock Morton. Yeah, so I was four years as a three years a pro, and then we had a game against Newcastle in a friendly. So Gaza was playing Marindinia, and all the big names were playing. I think they were put out the cup, so they came up to play us, and I, I, I had a good game. So about two or three games later after that, and the first team, and then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm signed for Newcastle. Is a very shy 18-year-old. Yeah. Very yeah. nervous 18-year-old. Great what? in a big, bad world, Newcastle. Who was the manager at Newcastle? Willie McFall. Okay. So Willie signed me on the March, and because I think he's finished eighth the season before, as the highest Newcastle ever finished in, in the league at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, I mean, he had, he had a good team then. He had a very, it was a, it was a great squad, full of characters. It was fantastic, honestly. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was good to walk into. Very yeah. Friendly. What was Willie McFall like? I mean, obviously he's got a, a rich history at the club. He was the the manager at the time, former uh, Fairs Cup winning goalkeeper, of course, yeah. in 1969. And uh, of course, he got, um, you know, he helped Newcastle get to Wembley in, in the FA Cup as well. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a very good manager. He was. Uh, we had. Well, he was a manager, and John Pickering was assistant manager. So it was good cop, bad cop sort of thing. Well, Picks was a bad cop. Willie, you could go to Willie with anything you want, be football wise or off of football, and he would help you. He was very, very good. He was. He was. He was a great manager to have alongside you as a young boy, pulling you through the right. Because I'm, I made a massive step. I didn't realise how big a club Newcastle was. Until I actually got there, I had loads of people in Scotland were saying, my, my old manager at Morton said, I'd love to take that club when it's a sleeping giant. It's a massive, massive club. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, well, I, we'll see we get there. It's just until you get there, Steve, you realise, bloody hell, this place is massive. And the supporters, I was told from the start, the supporters are unbelievable. And I, I could not fault one supporter at all. Absolutely was fantastic. Was it 1988 that you arrived? 88, yes. I, I was there 88 to 92. I was there with, uh, obviously, Willie Sainters, and then he was sacked about two months into the job in the following season. And then Will, uh, Jim Smith came in. I mean, me and, me and Jim never had to off from, from day one. He mm-hmm. was there. Uh, but you've got to accept that. You've got to, he was going to bring in his own team, and he didn't, obviously didn't fancy half the team he had because we were fighting relegation at the time. We let some good players go, Unfortunately, Gaza left, mm-hmm. and then people like Neil McDonald and, and Paul Goddard. Paul Goddard was phenomenal for Newcastle, phenomenal. And I think when he left, we never replaced him. We never, obviously, we never replaced Gaza, but we never replaced Paul Goddard. Yeah, who who, who, who pulls players into into a game? He made so many so many centre forwards. If, if you think back from Ipswich and West Ham, he made so many centre forwards. But just pulling him into them and into the match, it was it was fantastic, Sars. And I think that was the biggest downfall we had is not we had a few people to maybe replace Gaza with Bogey and people like that who were great players. But I just always always felt we never really got the centre forward we needed replacing Sarge. Yeah. Not at all. Jeff Carter's asking how old when you moved. I think you said eighteen because we lost your reception. Was, was was oh yeah, I was eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, Chicken Oriental says, "Is Archie Rangers or Celtic?" <laughs> I'm going to sit. In, I'm Green Up Morton. I'm, if, I, if, I, if I'm a Geordie, I'm saying Newcastle. So I'm saying Green Up Morton. I'm not going to upset anybody. So, uh, that's fair enough. A diplomatic. 
my, my, my mother's Catholic. My father's Protestant. So <laughs> I'm half and half. <laughs> Dom Sprawling says, which player helped you settle into the club? Uh, John Anderson. John Anderson, yeah. And he still does. I still keep in touch with Ando. I played in his testimonial. Uh, I, I, funny story is, I was looking for accommodation when I, I had to leave me digs with a flat in the quayside with a lad called Andy Hunt. And I said to Andrew, I said, oh, it's getting decorated. Can I stay with you for two weeks? I said, not a problem, son. I was there two years. I lived with Andrew for two years. <laughs> and, uh, he's, and he found out a couple of years ago, what happened was, I was, you know, it was me and Andy Hunt were paying a fortune for the accommodation at this flat in the quayside. So when I went to live with Andrew, his wife says, just give us give us 30, give us twenty twenty pound a week. That's all I'm thinking. Oh, champion. So I was giving her twenty quid on the Thursday. And on a Saturday when I was going out, he was giving me thirty quid. Go and enjoy yourself. <laughs> well, Ando just found this out about like, two years ago. And every time I phone him, it's not it's not he was always, Hello son, how are you getting on? It's now where's me money? He says I've been debt of two years' rent. <laughs> and he's, he's never going to forget it. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. It's, it's, he, he, was, uh, he, was, he, was, he was fantastic. He was always... It, when, when he was having a go at us, every game, even when I was, I was playing in reserves, I, I met, scored a couple of goals, had a good game. He would always come and watch and he would never, ever say a good game. He'd pick every fault I was doing. And we had, we had a few fallouts over it. But it, Steve, it takes you until you finish your career. All he was doing was helping me. That's no use saying, well done for that. He was picking faults where I was doing wrong. But it takes you to finish football to realise what he was actually doing. And he told me this day, he says, eh, there's no use me telling you, well done for something you've done well. He said, you need to improve in things you're not doing well. I mean, which is true. And that's all he was doing. But we had some big fallouts over that, especially in the house. <laughs> especially in the house. Uh, he was, uh, Ando was definitely, he was fantastic for me, Ando. Yeah, that's great stuff. And, of course, John, uh, you know, still still a big follower of the club, obviously works for uh, BBC Radio Newcastle doing the commentary for the games. The um, the first visit to Benwell, I mean, we've heard some horror stories about the old training ground at Benwell. Was it as bad as everyone says? No. It did get bad. When, when Kevin came in, Kevin Keegan came in, he was there two days and just quarantined that no about out here and we moved to Maiden Castle. Mm -hmm. But it what it was for me when I played train for Morton, we were training public parks and places like that. We we we, only, we never had the facilities like this. I drove into this place and I'm thinking, God, there's about four or five pitches, different pitches, indoor gym, there's a sweat box for the weights, and we had yeah, it wasn't it wasn't nicest. But as an 18 year old lad, you're not bothered. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you just we get changed and good training. But uh, I, I think obviously Kevin came from a different, a different breed, and he wasn't happy at all with, with accommodation, not one bit at all. And just, I mean, I've been to the, the new place now, and it's, it's they're spoiled, they're absolutely spoiled. The kids are just, they don't know how lucky they are. Yeah, and and and, they, and those facilities are about twenty years behind what they should be as well, which uh, which says a lot. It, it does, but like, I cannot believe that when they keep saying they want to update the facilities. I mean, I was there last year, and I'm thinking, what do you want to update? Mm -hmm. there, there's some clubs in the Premiership who would die to have facilities what Newcastle have got, and yet you're sitting, yeah, they're 20 years behind it. Which, I mean, Man City, that's a different kettle of fish. That, that's just that's just phenomenal. That, that's just that's over. That's overboard. That. You go to Sunderland. You go to Sunderland. Their facilities are certainly better than Newcastle's. I've never been, but I've, I've heard. I've, mm. I've never ever been to Sunderland or the. The borough, I've not been to that one either, but it's supposed to be a really good. Uh... Yeah. Jason's question there, he says, do you see your Newcastle career mirrored in the modern game still? Signed, play a few games, then go out on loan. Does it damage your confidence? No. What should have happened with me, I was a young 18-year-old who just got into Morton's first team. What Newcastle should have done, this is my personal, I thought, is they should have signed me and put me back in Morton. For a year to learn my trade, they should have done that. But a lot of the, they threw a lot of lads in at the deep end, which it, it could have worked. But the problem with me, I, I injured my first game in the in the reserves. I signed on the 
to Wednesday and went back home and came back on the Monday to play on the Tuesday for the reserves. And Willing at thought this day is going to choke me because he totally says, You're going to play for the reserves on the Tuesday, but you're not playing half a game. I'm going to keep you to show you, not show you off, but to introduce you on the Saturday against Lut- Luton Town. And if you remember, Steve, that Luton Town game, we went 4 nothing, and Kenny Wharton sat in the ball on the halfway line. That's right. If you remember that. There was a big, big thing between Newcastle and Luton, wasn't there? Because there was a running between him and Steve yeah, Foster. Steve Foster, he'd done it the game away. He had a part, I didn't know he done it the game away. And yeah. we actually we tortured him. Well, well Gaza tortured him. I, I, I put against Gaza. And up when you're playing a match, you don't you just you just mark someone you play and you just got on with it. You don't actually see him play. But when I, I watched the the Luton match, before the stand was built, we were in the, the, the port of the cabins behind the leases. That's where we get changed. So we sat in the the stand to the left of that. I remember watching guys and I, I remember me jaw just dropped thinking, What am I watching here? This this guy is unbelievable, he's fantastic. He was picking the ball off the defence and just wandering, walking through everybody. And I thought, I'm, I'm, I think I'm seeing the best player I've ever seen in my life in front of me now. And that's the way he was. And even in training, what he'd done in training, he'd done on the pitch. Not a lot of people. And that's where Jim Smith fell out with me. Because what I'd done in training, I tried to do on the pitch as well. And he wasn't happy with that. I mean, we fell out in, in the first week. Me and Jim, we never got on from, from day one. But, but I'm trying to go back to the other story about being a a fan, I was talking about uh, the thing about Newcastle is it's not another, it's not like any other club. I spoke to loads of lads who went to Liverpool, Man U, Spurs, blah, blah. And when you leave Newcastle, you become a fan. It's the first score you look for. It doesn't matter, I went to Motherwell. The first score I would look for on, on it was, was Newcastle. You just automatically become a Newcastle fan. And there's loads. I spoke to Mickey Quinn, I spoke to Gavin Peacock, and I was speaking, and, and they're exactly the same. You just the, the club just you just love the club. Obviously, at the house in Morpeth, so my wife's from Morpeth, so um, I was moving back down here anyway. But uh, you just you just get you just become a fan, and you and it's not like any other club. And I'm not trying to be biased, but it's not Newcastle is a different kettle of fish from any other club. Yeah, it's just it's just, you just you just they just drags you in it. They drags you in it's, and it's the first score I look for, no matter where I am, is Newcastle score. Superb, now, yeah. Even 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 when, when I was playing, when when I was playing, I come off the pitch. And the first thing I see was Newcastle score. Yeah. And when I when I left, when, when Kevin said to me to go to Motherwell, the what I saying is, I'm being honest with you. I got to Carlisle. I think that's when I stopped crying. I did not want to leave Newcastle United. Mm-hmm. And four up and down years, but I did not want to leave Newcastle United. That that for me, that was my club. I, I cried my eyes out, and I think Kalaya thought, "Pull yourself together, pull yourself together. You're going to think another club here." It's a very similar story to the one we had with Darren Jackson, of course, another fellow Scott who uh, yeah. who didn't want to leave the club, and no. you know. You remember sitting outside the ground, you know, on the steps waiting for a taxi to come and pick him up, and he was in tears. He didn't want to leave. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a story which yeah. I can certainly, uh, you know, certainly understand. Uh, Spackoid asks a question. Evening, lads. He says, when the Premier League finally approved the takeover and Bruce has given his P45, who would Archie like to see get the tune job? So he's still optimistic, despite all the, uh, the, the yeah. you know, doomsday merchants who've been out on social media over the last couple of days. Um, you know, if if theoretically Steve Bruce did get asked to uh, step down from his current position, you know who would you like to see? Would it be the Pochettino or would it be Afaro? Well, well, is he still available? Because apparently he's been linked with someone in Italy. But there's a, yeah. a lot of rumours. There's a lot of rumours. Uh, yeah, but nothing concrete at the minute. I know Steve's not. A, he's, he's not got a lot of followers and fans. But what I've always said is Steve Bruce left. A safe, a good, safe job at Sheffield United to take over Newcastle. Nobody wanted it. He was the only person who wanted the job. Nobody wanted that job. And he, he left Sheffield Wednesday. It was a safe job for him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I, just, I feel sorry for Steve. I would, I would like to give him a chance. Mm. I'd like to give him a chance. It would be interesting to know if it gets taken over. You see everybody put the woodwork now saying, oh, I fancy, I've always worked with Newcastle manager. I've always, well, where, where were you when we really needed you? Yeah, That's it's, an, 
That's an interesting that's an interesting argument, mate, hundred percent, because you know, Bruce, my understanding was he was eleventh choice when he was appointed yeah. as Newcastle manager. Um, you know, led to believe that Bruce approached the club, the club didn't approach him. Um, which again, if that was true, um, you know, would 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 be interesting. Look, I take nothing away from Steve Bruce, and I've said this on yeah. the show to everybody else. Um, wasn't my choice. I didn't want him as Newcastle head coach, but we had we had him. And his remit this season was to keep Newcastle up. And he did it. He goes to a quarterfinal of the FA Cup. We ended up drawing yeah. against Man City. And and you know, we didn't we didn't attack that game the way we should have done. But you know, yeah. never nevertheless, if you told me at the start of the season that Newcastle would be safe with five, six games to go and we'll get to the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, I would have snapped your hands off under Steve Bruce. So that would be my answer. Um yeah. I would, me personally, I'd love to see Rafa back if 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 there was a vacancy. Um, not again, not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah, Chris McCarthy, great show again, Steve. I got a message saying Pochettino has declined Newcastle. Is this paper rubbish, or do you think there's any truth in it? I think it's paper rubbish because we still have Mike Ashley as an owner and he's happy with Steve Bruce, so that's where we're at. With that, um, he goes on to say Ashley out and take Bruce, Rowlinton, Craft, and Bentleb. I don't think you'll have much job, uh, danger. <laughs> Rid of uh, anyway, but I think we're going to be stuck with Joe Linton. Uh, Dan Mill has another day, another load of rubbish in the papers. I'm still confident this deal will go through. We don't want Maurice, he won't take the club where it needs to be. Yeah, that's a strange one, isn't it, Archie? That you know, Henry Maurice has raised his head. And I, I discussed this with Liam Kennedy from the Gazette on last night's show. It, it very much smells, smells that of a PR offensive by Henry Maurice and maybe he's even by. Keith Bishop to try and give the Premier League a bit of a kick to the backside. Right. Well, uh, I suppose I've heard that one. I mean, where did he come from? Where did that one come from? He's been, hovering, he's been hovering around like a bad smell uh, over the last few months, it has to be said. But this is, you know, he's, he's releasing me media statements saying that he's interested in buying the club. Um, the media are carrying stories saying that um, he's ready to press the green button if the Saudi deal falls through. A lot of it is... The problem is, Archie, we're stuck in the middle of a, yeah. of a, a PR war um, and a political war between Saudi and the Qataris. And, yeah. and, and there's a lot of people playing games, and they're playing games with Newcastle United fans' as hopes and dreams, really, because yeah. all we really want is, and I'm not speaking of the fans, I'm speaking my opinion, but I know a lot of people agree, is that we want Ashley out of the club. We don't want Mike Ashley as the owner anymore. But unfortunately, um, until the Premier League can give the go-ahead to this PCP, um, you know, PIF and Ruben consortium, then, you know, we're stuck with Mike Ashley. And uh, Henry Maurice just sounds as if he's somebody who's a bit of a chancer, who doesn't have the, the kind of finances that we would hope to take us to the next no. level. No. And what... what I don't want as well. I don't want these consortiums because if you ask me if a consortium comes in, a consortium is people who put money in all over. That's not enough money. You need somebody who is going to buy the club for and then put the exact same amount of money in again to buy players. Getting a consortium is you're, you're asking people to join you and give you backing. Yeah. But the other thing that's not enough money. But what I don't understand is, and I've said it for years, Portsmouth have been bought four or five times. Portsmouth, you come to Newcastle with one game and you see the fan base, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's, it's north of England. It's not where people want to be. But you can at stadium. You've been in yourselves. I'm a season ticket holder. There are 52. You get another 52,000 in there if we are challenging. Can you imagine us getting bought over and challenging for the league? Being, being at a cup final, playing Barcelona, Real Madrid. Can you imagine that? Yeah, that, that, the crowd you would get, you would need to open two stadiums, and there's no, there's no other fan base. And I'm not going to, I say, by got that. I'm not talking, I'm talking about Celtic and Rangers and your Man United. Yeah, no, just the, true, the true fans, the true supporters, are black and white fans. Yeah, hundred percent. I've had it for, I've had it for thirty odd years now. You'll not get any arguments no. on this show. Tom no. and says, "What's your memory which stands out most about Gaza?" Bloody hell, he's mad. He's mad. He's there. Uh, anybody who's anybody who's been in a dressing room at a team with Gaza, any, anybody could write a book. Yeah, could write a book. It doesn't matter. Sorry, people saying I'll write a book with Gaza. Anybody can because he's I love him. I absolutely love him. He, he looked after me. 
when I got injured, my first time I got injured, he looked after me. I never had a car or nothing. I was on crutches, and he took me. Yeah, <laughs> he got he got a, he got a sponsored car. They took it off Mirandinia because Mira wasn't driving it about enough, right? Now I don't know what the logic behind this. It must have been a YTS at Benfield Motors. It says, "Why don't we give it to Gaza?" Now, Steve, this was a Volkswagen Jetta turbo injection. That thing was on steroids. So I jumped. I jumped in the car with him. <laughs> they come out the, the, the ground, and do you know when you get down to Still Street? The Ivy Center's on your left, and you still streets on your right. Well, the road down used to, it's blocked off now. They say they say they they caught the back page. Yeah, that that's blocked up. It used to be a, a, a street down. You used to think there's a, a pet shop at the bottom of it. Yeah. Well, this is this is a Friday afternoon, scorching day, and guys are seen about 50, 60 can down there. He's nearly knocking people over, <laughs> and people. But the kids and, and they're going, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's Paul, it's Gaza. I'm thinking it's okay. I said he's nearly raped your whole family out. He couldn't get it down because it was Gaza. It was fine. <laughs> it was absolutely. But he, every you, you couldn't have you know better than me because you've been with them. Yeah. You can't have five minutes with them without them playing a prank on someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people were saying, people were saying, oh, he's thick, he's thick. He's a genius because <laughs> nobody, nobody, and Ali McCoy says it. Could think of things to prank people with the way he does it. You, you see yourself. How did he think of that? He just, he just every every minute, every minute he's thinking of something. His 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 mind's working overtime. And going back to when I was injured, I can was a shy shy lad. And Derek Wright said to me, he says, uh, "Go and put ice in it, Archie." So I said, "Well, where have ice from?" He says, "There's an ice machine over there. Just get a bag of ice and ice your leg. That's all you can do." So I was over to get the ice at the machine and I put, honestly, I put my hand in. I nearly died. I jumped, and there was about eight people in, in the, it was Kenny Wharton and oh, Davey, Davey Mag. <laughs> he was a magnet to that. <laughs> play play every, play 90 minutes every game, but come Monday to, Monday to Friday, he was on that treatment table with Dubla. Great lad. He lives around the corner from me, Dubla. Uh, John Bailey, another man. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I said, there's something in there. He said, there's something in there. I said, there's something in that ice machine. What happened was Gaza was doing an all-night fishing and he caught him the biggest trout in the world, a salmon in the world, and he put it in the ice machine to keep it fresh. He wrapped a salmon in the ice to keep it fresh. Oh, Derek Wright went mental. <laughs> but that was just, that was his pull. That was his time. He's just, he's just uh, phenomenal. And, and, I'm going to do one more. When I played for Morton, if we played Aberdeen or someone, we got up early in the morning and travelled. So this travelling the day before and staying in the hotel was all new to me. So we, my first game was down at Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park because it was a horrible place to get to. So we were doing first class in the train. And it was me, Darren, what was it? Mike Laniel and someone else just sitting in the four the four seats. And all I could hear is people telling Derek Wright to F off. And I'm going, all I heard was one foot no F. I'm thinking, why did I'm saying, why are they telling Derek? He's, he's a nice lad. He's a nice lad, Derek. Why did they tell him to F off? What it was, he was coming in, he was saying, You share the Gaza tonight in the hotel. No, And Darren Jackson went, Archie Sherman and me, it's his first trip. And him and Gaza were like that. But nobody, nobody wanted to share a room with Gaza. And it got to the stage where Gary Kelly says, I'll take him. But mind, I'm tying him up and I'm gagging him and putting him in a cupboard. <laughs> he was mental. That was my first time away with the glad. But the police at the hotel, we had Gaza take a full bed off. The mattress lying on Mike Laniel and jumping on top of him, he's full weight. This is the night before a match. The police are coming up because Gaza's found the, the maid's trolley with the little bars of soap, and he's throwing from the fifth floor bars of soap to the, secu- the little security guard. Ah. And then the, the, the police are coming up, Gaza's, no, Gaza's crying, I'll not do it again, I'll not do it again. And then we've got to calm them down. And they get your beds, and Gaza's went, it's okay. I said, you sure you're okay? I said, I'm, she says, I... I found another box of soap, he says. Oh, 
But that's that's just him. He just he he had to sleep uh, with the light on, so he and he was just he just he just never slept. But Brilliant. It was, was fantastic. It was, he, and I love the bits. I love it because he looked after me properly when I yeah. just arrived, and he was a. Uh, it was, it, was, it was great. But they were, they were, all, they were all characters at that time. It was a great atmosphere to walk into. I think we, we lost it all with John Bailey leaving, Paul leaving, Neil MacDonald, Paul Goddard. And, and the aroma around the, the, the dressing room, it left because you used to get it every day and it was a laugh. It was a, it was a fantastic atmosphere. The pre-season, we brought in John Robertson, John Henry, two good lads, Dave Besant, Glenn Hodges. No, Glenn had left before that. Had he? Went, he left eighty-seven. Right. And so, as I said earlier, we didn't fill the gaps we needed to. Yeah. And we we I played in a friend against Bronby. I was two and a half thousand people. It was. <laughs> I even got cover. I got coverage on the news. Me and this guy called Richie running up and down the Gallagher when Liam O'Brien scored. <laughs> no, this is before Liam got here. Oh, was it? I just got I, and and the manager says for forty grand you can have the goalkeeper. <laughs> he says he says he says no, we've got one. We've got Dave Besant. Do you know who the goalkeeper was? Go on, Schmeichel. Schmeichel. God, never in the world. That was a conversation. Forty grand you can have the keeper. He says no, we've got Dave Besant. What a classic. Dave, Dave Besant get chipped, and again is six sides. Again is six sides get chipped. Yeah. David Speedy. David Speedy was playing goal for Coventry. Oh my, I can well believe that. Like, I mean, if you watch back the relegation video, Dave Besson. He got is, relegated. He's Dave the most. Popular. He he played for England, you know. Oh, I can't believe that, but he he did. I, I I think the only thing I can really remember is Dave Besson, you know, saving a, saving the being the first goal to save a penalty yeah. in the cup final. Other than that, he you know he, he was ranked useless at Newcastle. Oh, he was relegated. I don't care if I see him tomorrow. I would tell him. Mm-hmm. I would tell him he got us relegated. Yeah. We, well, there is, there is a DVD available in the back page shop of that season. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things that I do tend to put on Archie. If people, if I if I start to feel like Newcastle, it couldn't get any worse. I just put that on and then find us. Oh yes, it can. You know. Yeah. Uh, it, it was. It was horrible. I mean, I I, I was there. It was horrible. And, and I I felt sorry for the. I really felt sorry for the fans. The fans took to me. Yeah, I don't know why they took to us, but uh, and I just felt heart sorry for the fans. I mean, you you've been out a lot longer than me the years, but even like today the crowd, the atmosphere, fantastic, the stadium, beautiful. But when I was there, before the referee blew the whistle to start the game, yeah, there could be fourteen thousand the Gallagher. That noise, before he blew the whistle, that noise, it hurts you back in your neck. To this, I used to sit in the stand going, bloody hell. Yeah, that, and it was only about fourteen, fifteen thousand people in that in that Gallagher corner, and it, it was it was it was fantastic. That that roar before the referee blew whistle to start the game. It was it was, and I, 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 I've just taken I've taken to the fire. I'm a, I'm a supporter. I'm a sell. Me me boys got a season ticket. Me daughter got a season ticket. And uh, we're, 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 I'm black right through and through. I've been here since I was eighteen. And I'm fifty one now, so I'm a I'm a Geordie. Well, Jason Carter says, "What? Wherever you're living now, he says, watching the water because you don't look your age." Uh, Peter, <laughs> Peter Robson just asks a simple question. He says, "Who's the worst um, disregarding the price, Joe Linton or Paul Daglish?" Um, I, I'm going to say Joe Linton because uh, Paul's got a great surname, a legendary surname. Um, yeah. Chris McCarthy says, um, "Oh, he's, he's going on about the comments about Gaza." He says, "Ask Raul Moore. I see a program the other night. He apparently knew him well." Um, a little story about that. He didn't actually know him because um, I was with no. I was with Paul that day that he went up to um, Rothbury to see Raul Moat. And uh, myself and Joe Allen had met him in a, a, a restaurant in uh, Jesmond with Jimmy Gardner uh, called Francesca's to go and do the deal um, to, to have him on doing a spoken, spoken word event at the Lancastrian Suite. So that was back in 2010. And we um, yeah. done the deal. We shook hands. Um, and then we went home. Paul went home, and that was that was when he, you know, basically had a chat with me about um, as just before we we're dropping him off. Have you seen what's going on in Rothbury? Do you know who this guy is? And I went, yeah. I said I used to work on the doors with Raul, and he goes, well, I know him. And I says, no, definitely not. And he goes, all oh, right, okay. Um, so it was on, it was in his mind then, but he he definitely hadn't met him. He didn't know him. So of course, um, 
Joe and I were uh, doing a talk in that night, actually, up in Cramlington. And um, we got to the halfway stage. I think we were doing one with Eric Gates and John Beresford, a Newcastle Sunderland talking. And we went into the bar area to go and get a, a pint halfway through proceedings. And then we're just seeing the yellow ticket tape come up on Sky. Paul Gascoigne arrived in Rothbury and we're like, oh my God, what's he doing? And of course, it transpired that he'd gone up there with a can, some cans of lager, a cooked chicken and a fishing rod to go and try and talk Raul Moore out of doing what he was doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel a little bit responsible for explaining who Raul Moore was, um, you know, but that's, it, it's one of those he often refers to when he's talking. Uh, Mark Cooper says, hi, Steve. Sheffield United, aren't Sheffield United owned by a Saudi prince? So why do we get all this crap? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people asking the same question. Man United have got involvement with Saudis. So have, yeah. Sheffield, so have Sheffield United. You know, what makes us any different? Why does everybody seem to have a big thing against Newcastle? Being you know, so what I always say, Steve, is I think people are jealous. I yeah. Think, honestly, because they think it wasn't a small club. Can you, I that alone, can you imagine us fighting for titles, going to cup finals? But in Europe, they don't want us to this little club in the northeast dominating. Had had these Saudis by Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, who would who would complain? Who would complain? No one. Because they don't want us as Jordy, as Jordy's dominating the Premier League. And I think that's got a lot to do with it. I think that's got a lot to do with it. Yeah. These, these fans deserve deserve more than any other fans. Look at the, look at the the way support they take. Doesn't matter doesn't matter who who we're playing. These lads grafting during the week, going all over the place. They deserve. And then you look you look at the, we're playing at home. They can't sell that they allocate tickets. They can sell it. When when in the last five years has Newcastle not sold the allocation of the away tickets? When? Never, never. Proper proper fans who deserve deserve more than anybody. And that, that's 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 the way I feel. Yeah, Rob Fo Rob Fuggins says the uh, Mauricio Pochettino report came from the Spanish version of the Sun called Marquez, who take it with a pinch of salt. And until PIF Cashley EPL make a statement, I'm not believing anything. Jeff asks, which of our modern midfielders do you like, Archie? Modern midfielders. Which which Newcastle midfielders do you like? Uh, see, I'm a I'm a fan of Shelby. I'm a fan of his. I think he he just sits and just pings balls in. There's no many people I don't think about can ping a ball the way he can ping a ball. Yeah, he might not be the quickest, and he's not a lazy lad. He's not a lazy lad, but I, I just I, I like him. I like Shelby. He's he's when he's not playing, I start to think, oh, the two, the two Longstaff lads. I, I think they're great players. I think they're great players. But you've got to just feed them in gradually. We tried that when Aussie took over. When Aussie Adelis took over, the first thing he done. Is anybody over thirty or reaching thirty? He but he been Roy Aitken, Ray Ranson, and uh, all the lads who brought all the lads and he brought in all his kids. Yeah, that's good, but you need experience beside you. You need somebody. You need, you need somebody to say, say actually, what are you doing? Why are you running there? Why are you putting that there? You need somebody beside you. Clark, Clark, you that. I mean, Clark was a great. But Clark was always going to be a football. He was fantastic. But so we put all these young kids in it at one time. We were getting battered. We we were playing behind. We were playing in front of teams. If you play in front of your team, they're more than happy because you're not you're not hurting them, and they'll get you on the break. But as soon as you get the ball away, they'll get you on the break. And all we were doing was playing in front of a team. We never had any experience at the at the back or in the midfield to say, "Listen, lads, this is what you do." This is we never had it. Just oh, young kids willing to put the jersey on and willing to the best woman in the world to win games. It just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen at all. You needed you need experience in there. That's what you need. Yeah, and we never had it at the time. Hundred percent, mate. You're right. Um, what was it? What was it like playing with the likes of Clark and and, and and that? You know, did you did you see much of them? Obviously, they were around the club at that time. Aussie Ordealis gave, you know, gave like the class, you know, like the young players a, a chance before. Yeah, yeah. What was it like playing with them lads and seeing them lads around the club? Yeah. Well, I played them in the, in the reserves and in, in training, and, and they were all, all, all going to make it. They were all going to make it. With Alan Thompsons, Clarkie, Steve Watson, Robbie Elliott, Steve Howie. I mean, Steve and I went holiday together. We had a great time in holiday. I've got, got some great stories about I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. They were all, all great lads, and they knew, everybody knew they were going to make it. 
but you cannot just throw them in, Steve. You cannot just they, they just go. You're, we all knew who you're going to make it. You're all great players, fantastic players, and they've done well for what they've done. But you can't just go there. You go go and win us that game. You've got it's like today. You've got to feed the kids, and you can't. You've got to, you can't just throw them in. The, it's, the game's changed. The game's dramatically changed, and you can't just go right for these kids. Can you get? You've got to give them a chance. Put them in. Have a couple of good games. Look at the boy Ford and that Man City. I know they've got the players they've got. They put them in. He has a great game. They pull them out. Don't even put them on the bench. They just they just test them, putting them in, let them get his feet. And then next, I think next season it'll be, it'll be a, a starter. They've done it for two seasons now. Put them in, drag them out. Put them in, put them on the bench, drag them out. And I think that's the way to do it with young kids, especially with a talent like that. And I think we've got some. There's a lad in the corner who I trained with a kid, a lad called Jack Young. He, I think he's got a great future ahead. A great future. And at the minute, they're just putting them on the bench. And, and, and I spoke to his dad the other day, and I said, they're just testing them. They're just putting them in. Let them see how it works. This is how this is what you're supposed to do. And they take them out. They don't. He never got on against the other, other day. I can't remember he played. But the next game, I thought, I'd make one on the bench. Not. And he did exactly what I thought. Put them in. Give them a feel for it. And then take them out again. Mm-hmm. Well, I, don't, don't, I don't understand in the Brighton game why we didn't give these give the young lads a yeah, chance. It, it, it was a dead rubber. I know you, you can't do it against Liverpool. There's no way you put these kids in against Liverpool. No, that just because it was a Man City game, and, and his dad said, "Well, I thought he might have put one in the last five. I says, "Let's put him on for the last five and have the run around, and let's put one against Man City. When you don't get a kick the ball for five minutes, what's that going to do to them? Yeah, you need to get, you need to win against Brighton, as you say, Brighton. Get a feel of the ball, few passes, maybe a shot, maybe. But you play against Man City, you're just chasing shadows. You're chasing shadows, so that's no good to the young lads. They're going to think, what the hell, what happened there? Exactly. That, that's your debut. That, that's that's no good. That. Yeah. But, uh, I think we've got some promising lads coming on there, so I, I'm, I think the future's bright. I do. Good. That's good. Chris says I would even pay for one-way tickets for the lot we have. There's so much dead wood. If the bid gets turned down, Ashley will sell uh, St. Maximum and uh, Almiron. Yeah. Easily get seventy-five million for both of them. I'm worried. Uh, James Ray says, "Evening, chaps. Just a quick one. If Mike Ashley and Lee Charlie were drowning and you could only save one." Would you go to lunch or read the paper? Um, <laughs> I think I would eat lunch in front of Mike, actually. Definitely. Uh, I, I can't get involved with that. I can't. <laughs> Alan says, I can't see how anyone can still be confident. There's obviously a major problem. Otherwise, it would have been passed by now. And eventually, the Premier League are just going to say enough is enough and reject. A lot of people feel the same way as you, mate. Uh, Brian says, and the new 2021 shirt doing the round, still the same. You can tell Mike has given up. Yeah, I've seen that. Chris McCarthy says Dodgy Morris earns seven million profit, and he thinks he can pay three hundred and fifty million pound. Think he is playing with monopoly money. It doesn't make sense. It's got Bishop's name all over it. Says Chris. Yeah, I think a lot of people believe Henry Morris is a bit of a red heron. Um, Jeff, oh, he's reiterating his question. Which of the modern midfielders do you like or most exemplifies the way that you like to play? So maybe he's talking about any any midfielder. Is there a one that most exemplifies well, the way you like to play? I knew, I just knew one way, attack. I hate this, I hate this putting a ball back and playing. I, I hate that. I just knew one thing. Uh, Scottish football is the same, just attack, attack, attack. So, like, so Miggy, I like the way he plays. I like the way he just, he's got one thing in his mind. It's like tunnel vision. But once you get your head down and goes, and I, I like I like that. I just always I always went forward. I never went backwards. I just went forward all the time. That was me. But maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe that's where I went wrong. I don't know. But I just like to go forward. That's where yeah. the goal was. Uh, James says, hi guys, what do you think is holding the takeover up now? Reports say they finished talking about the piracy a month ago and the human rights not being involved. I mean they just seem to be very, very, very cautious with this takeover. I mean, for me, Archie, I've just felt all along that the you know the the idea behind the the delaying of it was down to Richard Masters making sure he could take all the boxes with piracy yeah. and just making sure that there was nothing that was going to come and bite them on the backside once he said yes. That was my view. But I think see, I, I don't, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping the takeover like everybody else. I'm hoping, but these people have got a lot of money. If they're going to jump ship now, they, they, they've done it now because they, they don't need this hassle. So that's the only the glimmer of hope I've got is they're still there. They're still asking the question. Had it been anybody else and saying, well, enough's enough. You're not, you don't trust us. I'm out of here, which people have done. 
but they're still here. They're still here, so it's, it's a glimmer of hope for me and Newcastle fans. Yeah, well, it's so what we've got at the minute because it's going, it's going nowhere. It's, it's just going nowhere. Davey Eddie says Richard Keyes is saying the death knell is the Saudi stop and BN being shown in South uh, Saudi Arabia. I personally think he's wrong. They have every right to ban BN. In, uh, in my opinion, the takeover is still very much on. Yeah, I, I'm of the same opinion. I do believe that. I do believe that it. You know, it's still on. And Newcastle have done the deal with PCP. Um, and from my perspective, you know, it, it's it, it's a fit and proper person tests, you know. And if if as the press have reported that there's been some query, then that isn't a bad thing as long as PCP and PIF, and the Rubens have got the answer to that query. And you would imagine the fact that Amanda Stavely has put seventeen million pound up and given it to Mike Ashley would you know would mean that they've done their due diligence and they've done their homework before they've done this bid. If they haven't, then more fool them, but I would imagine that they've done it. So, you know, there is a lot of things being said in the in the newspapers, but as I've yeah. said, we're stuck in the middle of a geopolitical war between Qatar and Saudi Arabia, which has got absolutely nothing to do with football. Yeah. Well, even, even so, what's the difference between when my United taken over, they were in the black. Yeah. They were, they were, they were the richest club in the world. The day the Glazers bought them, put them Nearly a billion pound in the red because it paid off. Why did the why did the uh, FA allow that? The Premier, why did they allow that to happen for a club that's in the black? And then after one day getting bought, getting bought, they get put straight in the red. Yeah. So that that's that's worse than what I, I personally think was happening with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because they're the richest club in the world. Then went from richest club to world to one of the wait a minute here. They're not as much money in that bank as they thought they were because they, they yeah. paid off. The American uh, football team. Yeah, that's what they've done. So I, I, that was that was beyond me. That one. Yeah. Mick's asking, who was the best Newcastle manager you played for? I mean, we covered this a little bit earlier, didn't we? But I mean, you loved Willie McFall. Jim yeah. Smith was an absolute nightmare for you, though. It was. Well, I was the first team I won as a sub for Mirandinha at uh, Luton on a Saturday. On a Sunday, I played in the kind of six of sides. On the Monday, Jim Smith signed on the Tuesday on the transfer list. But that is that's what happens because managers want to build their own team. I, I, I appreciate that. They want to build it. But I still had three years in my contract. So I seen Jim off and then my contract was finished. Then Ozzy came in and played against Everton and he, he, he convinced me. Not that I convinced him because I not like to leave, but I, I had a, a good move back to Scotland. But he, he, he said that I fancy a player. I wanted to sign an extension and I was happy to sign an extension because it's the club I love but, and I didn't want, didn't want to really leave. Want to leave. But then me and Ozzy fell, fell out. What happened there? I fell out with Jim for not political reasons but just just we didn't we'd never see that eye. And I fell out with Ozzy because we're doing a training set. I broke his wrist in a training session. He yeah. says he says it was in, he's here in goals and he says I don't, don't chip his you got, you got to fire the ball so I fire the ball at him and he tried and I broke his wrist. So he's having a go at having a go at us as I was walking away. I never meant it. And he was having a right go at us. And I turned around this and I said this. And Mickey Quinn who back us up in this one. I turned around and I says, Ozzy, don't forget, we win the war, not use. Yeah. <laughs> and Quinny turned around and said to me, Have you just said that? I says, I think I have I. And the same person. Oh. We dip, you dipped uh, out uh, there. You dipped, you dipped. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody phoned me. Somebody phoned oh, me. Right. I didn't see him with Kevin. I didn't see him with Kevin. When, uh, when Kevin first signed, he fell out with Sir John and he, he drove up the A69 in Parkner Labai. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Well, Kevin liked to play five sides at the end training. And he always tried to get a little daft flick. And nobody wanted to pick on their team. Nobody wanted to pick on their team. He's always last picked. And he wasn't happy with that. So he always, if his team was going to be, he said, next goal the winner. And if you scored, and it wasn't his team, no, next goal the winner. So I stood there, and we scored. And he said, no, next goal the winner. And Quinny was going, oh, Gaffer, we're finished. And I said, oh, well, let him score. And we end up in a, in a lay by the A69 again. <laughs> and, Quinny went, and Quinny went, he's just heard you, by the way. So the next day, he said, next day, Steve, he says, mother will want you. <laughs> so I thought, I can't keep my mouth shut. I, I thought, oh, nightmare. No, I, I just, 
Type of joke. Well, that's it. Craig Southgate says, Steve, out of 10, how confident are you now? The takeover will go through with all this rubbish in the press. Still 10, mate. Still 10. Liam go says, on. yeah, got to be confident. If days, will be another Leeds United. Uh, Jason says, I agree with Steve. I think we'll hear something after Sunday's game. I definitely think that will be the case. Well, Josh, yeah. if and only if the takeover does not happen, what would the legal ramifications be for the Premier League if they appeal it? I saw the answer to this from a legal... A league legal on Twitter today, um, basically just saying, yeah, there would be an appeal, but the Premier League wouldn't be able to comment, and then that would have to take that would take course, you know. Um, but you know, if if they knocked it back, then it would put the club in limbo. It would put the club yeah. in limbo. I'm not sure how Mike Ashley would feel about that. What the agreement is between Mike Ashley and um, PCP, whether you know whether his you know time for giving them exclusivity would would mean that. You know the appeal process would be approved in that. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, Jeff says yes. End of season that it'll be announced. Uh, Graham Knox says reason I'm still confident is because if it's such a concern to the Premier League, then they would have kicked it out already. End yeah. of the end of the seal. End of the season. The deal will go through and no gatherings out of St James's Park at the match. Uh, Spackoid says if they were going to knock the takeover back, they would announce it immediately. Uh, Jason says, exactly, Archie, the PIF are about as big as it gets as far as investment and the fact they haven't walked away yet. Speaking, uh, volumes. Tom says, evening, lads, evening, Tom. John says, if uh, COVID hadn't happened, the takeover would have happened after the season. I'm 100% convinced we will hear news on Monday. The important parties have kept quiet. The rest is white noise. Uh, Mick says, you joined the club that had finished eighth but failed to build sell, selling Gaza Goddard on our way to a relegation battle. The sack the board campaign was, uh, uh, what was it like in the dressing room at the time? We we never get involved with that. It was, we had a job today, right? All right. <laughs> we never did a well job of it, but we, had, we never get involved with all that. That was nothing to do with us. And it, 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 people say it affected everybody. It never affected anybody. People use that as, people use that as it's just because we get relegated. We get relegated because we never put rope our sleeves up and dug, and dug our heels in. That's where we get relegated. Yeah, we never bought the right players, but we get relegated because we weren't good enough. End of story. End of top, that's the top. We weren't good enough, and we let the fans down. And that's it. So it wasn't a case. The, the, the takeover was nothing to do with us. It was, we, we, we couldn't get involved. We, we, we couldn't do anything about it. It was nothing we, we would say would change the matter what's happening. Change the, the only good thing was we, we, we Freddie Fletcher, he was my director at Morton. And I got on well with Freddie. He was, he was great, Freddie. Uh, so I, I got some inside information what was happening, but obviously I kept it to myself. But uh, as no, it was that we, we knew nothing about. We knew nothing was going on. We were just supposed to do our job, and we never done it properly. In, in the story, and Jeff. So, asks, Jeff asks, are you concerned for the future of Scottish football? Always, always, because it's gradually, gradually dwindling away, and it's it's always two two clubs up there. That's all it is. That's all it is. But Jim, saying that, in Scotland when I grew up. There's only two clubs in England we supported is Man U and Liverpool. Since the Premiership comes on, do you know there's five or six buses come from Scotland to support, support Newcastle? Newcastle yeah. has got a massive, massive following in Scotland, especially in the Glasgow area. Massive. Because uh, so Newcastle is, is a so that's a big following for the it's, it's changed Scottish football. And when you think about it, and I, I keep and I see the buses. Would you rather go and watch? No disrespect. Partick Festival versus Greenock Morton or go on a bus for three hours and watch Newcastle play Liverpool or Man City. It's a no-brainer. It's three yeah. hours doing the bus and three hours back and you're, you're watching Premiership football. Fair so, point. And I think, that, I think they're losing that as well because uh, a lot of fans are travelling from Scotland because Newcastle's so close yeah. to watch English football. Tom Dixon asks, what do you think of Matt Ritchie this season? I'm a big, big fan of Richie, big, big fan of Richie, but it's been, it's been, he's blown hot and cold because I, I, he was supposed to leave it. I think he was a bit, a bit of a huff when he was, I think he was going to leave, mm -hmm. but then that, that fell through. But I think I'm right to believe he's been off the new contract. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, pound for pound, pound for pound in recent times, he's probably one of the best players we've seen. Yes, he gives a hundred percent and he, he's, he's, he wears his heart on his sleeve, but everybody yeah. should do that. But uh, no, he's been blown hot and cold. But is it because he's not playing? Just he wants to play. Mm. Is it because Steve dropped him for a few games? When I just think he should, maybe he should have not dropped him. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We need players. We need players like to keep us up. If, yeah. if you're not going to get sold, if you're not going to get sold next season, we need players like Matt Ritchie. He's very, he's very similar, like John Anderson. You know, if you had 11, you used to say if you had eleven John Andersons oh. in, in your team, then yeah. you know you couldn't go far wrong. Matt Ritchie's exactly the same with his work yeah. rate. Right, you know what I mean? Uh, John says, do you think if the Premier League find a way to knock this back, PIF would take the Premier League to the cleaners? Yes, definitely would do. Jason says, I think COVID was invented just to stall the takeover. A ridiculous, <laughs> a ridiculous statement, yes, but I am surprised someone hasn't printed it yet after some of the nonsense I've read. Uh, <laughs> Tom says, do you think Rangers will ever win the Scottish League? I hope they do. I don't. Your first question, I was a Celtic fan. Yeah, but I'm not a great. I'm not a great fan of uh, Neil Neil Lennon. Not, I, I just think he's all wrong. For Scottish football. He's just he's personally he oozes off. I just don't like it. But I don't. I, both clubs have done nine in a row. Yeah, I think it'd be hard for Rangers if Celtic done ten in a row, because Rangers will never do ten in a row. I would quite like Rangers to win the league next year or someone else, as long as it's not Celtic. And that's been a, a former Celtic fan. But the past few years, even when Brendan Rodgers, I wasn't a great fan of Brendan Rodgers. And I just I just think everything that, about them was, was wrong. And I knew Brendan was just only going as a stepping stone until something else came on because he is a very good manager. I quite would like the fans, Would the fans like him at Newcastle? Sorry? Would you like him at Newcastle? Would you like him at Newcastle? Brendan Rodgers? Brendan Rodgers. Um... Ahead of Steve Bruce, he would certainly, I would have certainly took him. I mean, I know what you mean. He gives the persona that he would eat himself. Um, you know, like, and I've I've met him, I've met him once before, and he's he's quite a you know, quite a small guy. So maybe he's maybe he's you know he's got that little, Hi, little big man syndrome. Little man syndrome. I don't know, but he's he's actually he's you know he was actually quite approachable. Uh, but I know what you mean. Um, you know, if if I had to pick a manager for Newcastle, I w as I've said, yeah, I would prefer to have Rafa back to complete the project because I think yeah he would do it. But if I couldn't have Rafa, um, I was never a Pochettino fan. Um, never, never, never. If I never could have... understand the Southampton to the Tottenham when he went to Tottenham, sorry, see if I could, when, he yeah. to, when he went to, when he went to Tottenham, I thought, what's all that about? Yeah, I, I didn't really get that. I know he got to Europe last year. But I think it was certain players going to Europe. I was never a project. And then we mentioned from Newcastle, I'm thinking, I don't think he's a man. He's never had money to spend, so we don't know how good he is at spending the money. If, if that's the problem, and, and, and it, sometimes it's not about money. We've seen teams get promoted in recent seasons who've blown fortunes and gone straight yeah. back down. You yeah. just need to look at the likes of Fulham. Aston Villa yes. have got Aston Villa still on out the woods, the, the go to the last game. They spent a fortune. Um, it hasn't it hasn't worked out for them. And you know, ultimately, Newcastle under Ashley did it in reverse. Didn't spend a great deal of money when they're in the Premier League. Went for either loan signings or continental signings, which they got on the cheap and sold on for a profit. And then, if they have been relegated, they've, they've spent a fortune getting back up. So it's it's like a bit of a reverse way of doing it as far as Newcastle's yeah. concerned. What I was going to say to you about Gerard was I quite like Gerard because Tom's question was about yes. Scott. Um, I like Gerard. I was really pleased with the FA Cup semi-finals this year. That it's it, it was like the battle of the young managers, you know, in, in the sense that not forget about Pep, but the other three teams who were in the semi-finals were all relatively new managers. Frank Lampard of Chelsea, uh, Mikel Arteta, of course, who who's at Arsenal, and Oli Solskjaer, of course, who's at uh, Man United. And I actually got a bit of a as a football fan got a buzz out of that because I thought it's actually nice to see. It's not the same old faces who are going to be leading the teams out of Wembley. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and likewise with Gerard in Scotland, you've got you've got a young a young manager who was a hell of a player, both at club and international level. Who yeah. you know hopefully does well. So I'd like to see Rangers win it purely for Gerard. If, if I, would so, I would as well. First of them, I mean the, the time he scored four goals against doesn't get a standard evasion after Newcastle fans. That was one of the best I've ever seen. Because we appreciate and, good players, we appreciate good. A, I know, I know, I know. Used to, as a, I was proud of Newcastle fans to think, you know what it is? He's just tortured us. Yeah, and we're not going to slaughter him. We're going to, we're going to give him a stand. And, and I know for a fact he appreciated that. Yeah, not that night, not night after because he got put in jail, I suppose. But, but he appreciated the yeah. fans, and and, and and that's that's proper proper fans for you to appreciate a good player. Wishing he was on on, on your team. Yeah. Who, 
Would you know us, haven't you, Tim? Every day. We've only got five minutes left, and we've still got quite a few questions coming in. So we'll try and whiz through these ones. Mick just says, John Robertson joined shortly after you. We arrived with a big reputation as a proven goal scorer, but was sold on quickly. Do you think the club gave up on him too soon? No. John was a fantastic uh, goal scorer in Scotland. And I, I didn't think he, the game suited him down here. I didn't think he, the game suited him at all down here. And, and, I, and I, I think he got his chances. I did think he got his chances. And I think the best thing they've done to get the money back and get him back. I honestly did. Nice lad. Nice lad, but I think he had his chance. He just mm -hmm. never took it. Never That's took it. Fair enough. Honesty uh, is what we ask for. James has just seen someone comment, if it wasn't by COVID, it would be done now. But if there was no COVID, uh, would Mike Ashley have sold it? Which is a good point. Kevin just says, what a fantastic guest, Archie. So uh, you've, 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 hit, you've hit a note with uh, the support. Thanks, Kevin. Liam <laughs> uh, says, uh, I think COVID-19 is the reason why Mike Ashley wants to sell. Yeah, a lot of people think that, you know, potentially because of his other yeah. business going into a bit of a meltdown, that that could yeah. be the possibility. What do you think of the possibility of uh, KSA allies following suit and banning BN? Uh, again, you know, if that happens, it happens. But again, I yeah. don't think it's got anything to do with, uh, yeah. with, with the take. Yeah. Tom says, we've been linked with the Rangers striker, Alfredo. What do you think of him, no. Mark? No, no. He's too easily to wind up. He'll be sitting on the stand every, every second week, but he's sent off. He's too easy to wind up. Absolutely too easy. No. And, that, and he, I, I don't think he's a proven goal scorer in Scotland. It's, it's mass. Scotland League's here. The Premiership's way up here. Yeah. There's not many people. There's not many, and When I signed, a lot of Scottish lads came down to England and, and done well. Mm -hmm. But since middle 90s when has anybody he get two or three every so often but there's not many coming down now I, no. I, I don't think I, I know he's not Scottish but I don't think uh, I don't want him down here no chance he, do you know what does Ashley still get the £100 million at the end of the season yeah, I mean, this is another thing that I've thought of. Maybe he's ruling off the season at the end and, you know, depending on where Newcastle finish, depends on an extra million or less a million, depending on where you finish in the league. Potentially, yeah. that could be it. You know what I mean? That could be the, that could, you know, and, and then it's a clean break. Do you know what I mean? Everything yeah. everything makes sense then. Because well, you're thinking, you're thinking that we'll give you your 350 million. Yeah. We'll give you your, your 120 million. Yeah. And you just say it by that's you. We're, we're not paying you that. You're getting that off. Potentially, and then they, yeah. they're a clean sweet eye or something. Like. That could be the case. Liam says, uh, How would Celtic do in the Premier League? Do you think? Yeah, no. No. they get a good go. I would think mid table. Mid -table. Yeah. Fair enough. Liam says, I'd take Brendan Rogers at Newcastle, but won't leave Leicester for us, even if the takeover happens. Uh, L71 says, Takeover Saturday 100%. Colin says, Neil Lennon stuck the head on Shearer's boot. Um, <laughs> says, How's the bacon? Did you say? Uh, Spackroyd says, would you have Keegan back, Steve, especially with a board willing to back him? I'd have him back as an ambassador. Um, yeah. I would not have him back as a manager because I think no. time is gone. And I certainly don't think Kevin would come back as a manager third time either, you know. But uh, the game's he's changed. Yeah, it has. The game's changed completely. Completely. So I wouldn't have Kevin back. Uh, Jason says, what, say, what are you doing these days, Archie? Uh, my... My family got a family business in Newcastle. My brother owns the business. I'm the manager of a food company in Bladen. Yeah. So we've got a, we've got a food company in Bladen. So we supply food all over the north from Berwick, North Yorkshire. So uh, I've got 15 vans every day. George Green, which was the yeah. name of the granddad who was a referee. Yeah. Hi, George. He says, I prefer Eduardo from Celtic. Tom says, would you have Scott Brown in the Premier League? No, again, I don't think... I, a few years ago, maybe... A few years ago, maybe, yeah, but not now. He's, he's, I think he's, I think he's got a year or so left. Nah, I wouldn't have him. No, that's fair enough. John, there's a lot of, lot of good will messages coming in for you. Oh, clearly, an adopted Geordie. Great to see the passion for the club and city. Thanks for coming on. What a great guy. Uh, Green, great show, lads. Really enjoyed it. Um, Liam, would you take Allegri if the takeover happened? I would. I would. I know Arsenal fans wanted him. Allegri. I, I, I'm not these foreign ref, these foreign managers. Yeah, they've done it over there, but they've had the money. Are they, are they going to get the money? If they get the money, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm I wish I, I was, I would like Gerard. I'd like Gerard. 
Well, good show. Darren Agu, problem with the Diego over taking so long. If it did go through, we'll barely have any time in the transfer window. Not a bit yeah. stopped on Sunday, of course. Uh, James, great show, lads. Can't wait for the next show. Green, are we related? Um, have you got any money, George? That's all I want to know, really. Uh, <laughs> Archie, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Um, thanks for coming on and, uh, you know, staying through the, the, the rest of this horrendous situation. I look forward to catching up with you, uh, hopefully at the Pavel Cup when we get it rearranged. Yes, I've can. Can you say two things? I've got Go left. It. All I've got left is I wore the number nine shot for the first team against Hull City away. That's best memories I've got from Newcastle and winning the man of the match in a North East derby against Borough and Rumbler's Cup. I've got my memories. That's all I've got. And my son and my daughter can say my dad wore a number nine shot for Newcastle. There's not many kids can say that. But I'm black and white through and through, so that's all I'm going to say. Any any last minute and uh, last me um, mentions for the Newcastle fans? Anything you want to say to the fans? Yes, just do what I do. Just stick with them. It doesn't matter who's got that club. There's fifty two thousand anybody there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you. Just stick with a club. We know it's, it's our club. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's got it. It's our club. Awesome. We'll, we'll get there. Fantastic, mate. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks very much, Steve. I appreciate Take that. Bye-bye. Great to have Archie on. Uh, the winner of the book will be announced tomorrow. Uh, I'm hoping to do another live broadcast uh, with another one of the lads tomorrow. I'm just about to ring somebody. Uh, I will keep his identity secret until uh, I've got it confirmed. Uh, there will definitely be a show tomorrow night, though. I'll be back at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Thanks very much for watching.